0: Amos chapter three, verses one through eight. Hear this word that Yahweh has spoken against you, O people of Israel, against the whole family that I brought up out of the land of Egypt. You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Do two walk together? unless they have agreed to meet? Does a lion roar in the forest when he has no prey? Does a young lion cry out from his den if he has taken nothing? Does a bird fall in a snare on the earth when there is no trap for it? Does a snare spring up from the ground when it has taken nothing? Is a trumpet blown in a city and the people are not afraid? Does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has done it? For the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets. The lion has roared. Who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God.
0: Man, what a great mic drop from our friend Amos today. Right? I mean... That this, all this epic imagery, I mean, we talked about how great the imagery yesterday was, and I might even argue that today's is more evocative. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's this whole thing about a lion roaring and all this. And then verse eight, the lion has roared who will not fear. Yeah. So once again, you know, we're, we're kind of in this disciplinary Mm -hmm. section, um, where God is revealing his goodness, not through, you know, the these broad statements of warm loving compassion (laughs) but through stern rebuke of injustice and oppression yeah and uh you know it's it's worth reiterating that uh jason and others will talk about often how we can be very uncomfortable with the idea of god's wrath yeah and we Tend to think that that's because we are like elevated, advanced, highly evolved people, <laughs> but really it's more of a sign that we're just very privileged because mm, yes. uh, that we we don't really face injustice. Like I, or I'll speak for myself, not for everyone. I don't face like regular injustice yeah. and oppression. Um, I'm not constantly wronged with no hope of you know all things being made right. right. And so it's easy for someone in my standing to be very like taken aback by a god who is so Mm -hmm. zealous for justice and will speak so harshly against oppression yeah but it reveals god's goodness yeah so tally uh, what do you what do you make of this first section of amos 3 and sort of this string of images and then where he lands the plane
1: yeah i mean you're not wrong in that we live in safety Mm. And do not live as if we are always at war or always in the line of threat, Mm -hmm. Um, unlike the people of Judah and Israel who knew that an army could come into their lands at any point and wage Mm -hmm. war. And so we come at this with our modern mind and our modern mind that has seen a lion at a zoo,
0: yeah, but never
1: used a snare on. I mean, some we do have hunters, I'm sure, who listen to this, so they understand some of it. But We also have never heard a trumpet call Mm -hmm. to war or to Mm -hmm. action. So some of this imagery is so beyond our experiences that we really do have to suspend our modern minds to fully understand what Amos is trying to communicate, what God is communicating through Amos to his people. Mm
0: -hmm. But he
1: starts by reminding them again that they are a family that he rescued out of Egypt. Mm -hmm. And that I love the language in verse two. You only have I known of all the families of the earth. What a sweet reminder that Mm -hmm. this is a particular people that Mm -hmm. God has chosen for himself Mm -hmm. to save all of humanity through this Mm -hmm. line, these people, this family. And that knowing is is not um, casual. It's very intimate and Mm -hmm. it's very personal and it's very loving. Um, And he knows them. He knows these people. Mm -hmm. And so the the very next line of, it's like a mother or a father with a child. Like, I know my children. I know them. I know them when they're at their best. I know them when they're at their worst. Mm -hmm. And I have to exercise a lot of patience for the in-betweens of going from best and worst back and forth again. And God being faithful and just and holy has to punish wickedness. Mm. and so knowing his children, he is going to do what a good father does and punish mm. them to bring them back to repentance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the familial language that is being used not once but twice here, like reminding them who they are and um and it's so the whole family, I mean, yeah, it's this is for all of anyways, I just find that to be beautiful and. Remarkable and relatable, you know, mm-hmm. as a parent, I can relate to knowing my children and knowing that being faithful means that they need to be disciplined,
0: yeah absolutely, um yeah, yeah, verse two is really important. you only have I known of all the families of the earth. it is like it sounds really warm, therefore I will punish mm-hmm. you for all your iniquities, and I think one of the things that this pulls out is that we we've talked about this on ODr some, but uh, I am do not subscribe to the belief that like all sins are equal. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is something that's taught uh, a lot. And there is this sense in the sense that all sin uh, falls short of God's glory. All right. sin is, is sickness and and staining. But the scripture actually clearly lays out like degrees of wickedness mm-hmm. um, and, and heights of rebellion. Yeah, And where we get it off is that, we tend to make the most obvious seeming sins the the worst. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it might be in some circles, it might be like a LGBT thing. In some circles, it might be like alt-right conservatism, <laughs> but right. these very outward manifestations yeah. of like, that doesn't look like church at all. Right. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. But what scripture clearly lays out is actually, the more revelation you have, of the good news of God's kingdom, yeah, and the more access you have to knowing God, yeah, and yet refuse to walk in His ways, right. that is actually the standard of accountability. Mm-hmm. And so that's why Jesus in Matthew eleven says that you know for these cities that were like generally religious, well-to-do cities, yep. uh, where He was like generally uh, you know welcome but also kind of opposed and all that, that those cities will actually face a higher judgment yep. than Sodom, yeah, and. Yep.
1: That's brutal. Yes. We can very quickly condemn Sodom. Yes. And not understand why. Yes. What he says is so true.
0: Yes. And and so that should, as like evangelists and, you know, people, ambassadors of Christ, that should alarm us that Mm -hmm. the people who are facing the highest judgment for sin Mm. might not be the person on the street corner that you think Mm. deserves the highest judgment for sin, but it could be someone in your own church who's continually sitting under the gospel but refusing right. to submit to Jesus. Right. And so I think that is just a huge That's warning boring. of like yeah. that Israel knowing the Lord actually brought a very high degree of accountability for right. their wrongs, like mm-hmm. higher than all the other Canaanite nations. Yes. So that is really tease up this string of images yep. that it's like nature hunting yeah. war images. Yeah. Um and so do two walk together unless they've agreed to meet. Um, you know, I kind of like looked into that one and I think it's generally this idea that, you know, God and Israel walking, like journeying through the wilderness together is not just this random happenstance right, thing, right. but that it was ordered and orchestrated by God, Yeah, which adds to this accountability sort of idea. And then he gets into this lion mm-hmm. image, which it gets two... Two of these uh, lo- or couplets, and it's basically talking about how a lion strikes or a lion roars before striking, and yeah. a lion roars before eating, mm-hmm. and that goes straight down to verse eight. So we can get there later. And then there's this imagery about like these snares and bird hunting and yep. a city under attack, the trumpet being blown. Mm-hmm. I think one of the big themes here is fear. Yes. And, you know, good fear. Yeah. And I was listening to this uh, Miles Fidel sermon the other day from Auburn Community Church, and it was so good. And he was preaching an Acts. It, it was this the passage where it says that the fear of the Lord mm-hmm. and the encouragement of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. was with them. And one of the things he talked about that really convicted me is we really whitewashed the idea of the fear of the Lord. Yeah. You know, by we we really like to just echo and echo that like fear is bad, fear yeah. is bad. And when we talk about the fear of the Lord, it's not really fear. it's more just kind of like reverence, you know mm. it's like reverence it's knowing God's feel bigger good about than it you. yeah, 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 and he was talking about like we, we are really robbing a lot of the power because yeah, fear can be the healthiest thing in Absolutely. some situations. He, you know, he used this example of if you're standing on the edge of a canyon. Yep and you look down and don't feel afraid of yep. falling in, Yep. like that fear that wells up inside of you when yep. you are like standing on the edge of a 3,000 foot drop off yeah. is the healthiest thing you can Absolutely. feel there because it's what right. tells your brain, don't, back away. <laughs> don't take a step forward, yeah, <laughs> yeah, back away. And so that's what should come to mind is Absolutely. like the Lord does want his people to fear his judgment. Right. Like we should fear the judgment of God. And he's not, it's not in this like, like gross evil way where like we are terrified of God like abusing and crushing us but we should recognize the depth of of pain Mm -hmm. and darkness that is outside of the light yeah and so I don't know do you have any thoughts kind of on these I don't want to no you're fantastic
1: those are such good thoughts I mean we are not afraid of a God who we can understand and control Mm. and so mm. we do not have fear if God is small and fits in our pocket and works with what we want and how we want it. This imagery, we don't understand this kind of fear. We've mm-hmm. never lived in a field where a lion could attack our sheep or ourselves at any point, mm-hmm. point. and this is the reality of these people. So this is a stretch for us, and we've become, in our modern security and safety, um, very consequence-averse and we do all that we can to not experience the consequences of decisions yeah. that we make. And so yeah. we don't live with this, a, uh, a awareness of fearing negative repercussions because mm-hmm. somehow we can work it out and figure it out and make a way and, you know, move the pieces on the, the table so they work in our advantage. And, you know, f- fear is a good response to, something that is wrong. It is Mm -hmm. a right response, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's also a right response to knowing our smallness. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it is a very proud person who has fear of nothing, Mm -hmm. who believes that in their wit, in their strength, in their abilities, have nothing to fear in this world. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it makes God so small. Like I was just, you know, we're studying Genesis as the women's gospel fellowship and like, this is the God who made all things. He is powerful, mm. powerful. He made everything out of nothing. Yeah. And I make something out of something sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and even then it's not, you know, perfect. Mm-hmm. Only God made perfection out of nothing. Mm-hmm. And the, the lack of fear that I know I experience mm. towards the Lord, you know, I'm, I'm convicted as we're even looking at this. Um, one thing I do think, you know, the, the language of is a trumpet blown in a city and the people are not afraid. The trumpet being blown was a warning Mm -hmm. incoming battle Mm -hmm. is coming for you. Mm -hmm. And so they immediately jumped into action. They immediately hid, they immediately got their weapons. They knew action was required because fear told them danger was Mm -hmm. coming. And then the next line though says, does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has done it? You know, well, I think we could camp on that verse for probably longer than we have.
0: Oh my gosh. In
1: a lot of ways, this is basically saying these things, these disasters do not happen to you by chance. Mm. This isn't accidental Yeah, that you've, when you get, you know, overtaken by another army, this didn't just happen to you. Yeah, The Lord has done it. And so he's like giving them a very clear message that I allowed these things to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, again establishing his power and authority over all things. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. You know this commentary that I've kind of been using uh I I wish I knew who wrote this section of it so I could give him a shout out but <laughs> I can't so which might be better for him. You <laughs> know. But uh anyways, this verse 5 does a bird fall in a snare on the earth where there is no trap for yeah. it? Does a snare spring up from the ground when it has taken nothing? And he has this one like phrase italicized before diving into the section but it says traps are triggered mm. and i was like dang that's mm. like so profound and i think like the, the image there is you know before the assyrians come no just know that these things don't just happen right that traps are triggered yeah that your sins have made a separation as isaiah would say your your iniquities have created a separation between you and your God, yeah. And then there's this imagery of the lion and the trumpet mm-hmm. of the watchman in the city under attack, yeah. Uh, which is basically that uh, judgment is preceded by warning, yeah. And that is really where this ends is um, the Lord does nothing without revealing it to His prophets, mm-hmm. and the lion has roared. Who will not fear? And I thought that the way that this commentary breaks into that is so good. I'm just going to read it verbatim. It says, Yahweh is a God of compassion. He never brings calamity upon a city without warning the people. He reveals his, quote, secret purpose unto his servants, the prophets. He reveals to them the certainty and significance of the coming calamity. And so we can see here, like, this is all, you know, meant to say the... The things that you're about to endure are not without—they're not without warning, but it's also not without way of escape. That you can repent and go through this affliction with the hope of restoration, if you will turn to God. Listen up. Listen up.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and we in a modern world will have all of Scripture that speaks to us. Yes, that warns us. I think sometimes we can read these things and be like, "Well, that was for Israel," Mm -hmm. and you know, forget that. God is warning us through every page of this book mm-hmm. that we read of the danger of idolatry. Mm-hmm. I mean, they set up two golden calves to worship mm-hmm. in places that they should not have. And yeah. um, God will not share his glory with another. Mm. And I love that last line. The Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? Mm. I mean, when the Lord speaks, who can but not act. Mm-hmm. He is the one, his word back to Genesis again, mm-hmm. the Lord speaks. And then it was so yep. when God speaks, we should take heed and listen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And a great warning. And I think it'd be good to close on these words from Jeremiah nine, um, which is very harmonious with what Amos is going to be saying to the people of Israel. Uh, the Lord says through Jeremiah, let not the wise boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich boast in his riches, but let him who boasts, mm. boast in this, that he understands and knows me. Amen. That I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness. Mm. So, good word. may we be such people. Indeed. For Tella Coughlin, this is Will Carlo, and we are going to see you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm.